1: Coming up, the latest episode of KCSN Update, your daily Chiefs podcast and video from us here at KCSN. It's the headlines, rumors, stories, and stats people are talking about to get you through the day and caught up with all things Chiefs. Different guests each week with different perspectives. The latest episode of KCSN Update, proudly presented by DraftKings, begins now. What's up, Chiefs Kingdom? It's Tuesday, and Patrick Mahomes is still undefeated
2: against the AFC West on the road in his career, 15-0. Just not a bad thing to hear on a Tuesday. This is KC's an Update, our daily Chiefs show and podcast here at KC Sports Network, presented by our friends at DraftKings. Thanks for hanging out today. I'm BJ Kissel, former Chiefs reporter. Now I'm working with a bunch of others, trying to create a new outlet for Kansas City sports fans here at KC Sports Network, covering all our teams with fantastic hosts, analysts, former players and insiders. We appreciate you for hanging out today. Hit that like and subscribe button if you're on YouTube or follow us on your favorite podcast platform by simply searching KCSN. You can find all six of our audio channels that way. It's Tuesday, so we'll soon be joined by the Athletics' Nate Taylor for our five burning questions. Again, Nate does not know what I'm going to be asking, so you are getting a very raw answer uh, on these from Nate following a game against the Broncos in which a lot of Chiefs fans have a lot of different opinions. But before we get to that, A quick word from DraftKings. DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NFL, is my go-to when betting on the NFL this holiday season. They have the best app that's easy to navigate, and I love all the different plays that they offer. Right now, new customers can bet just $5 on any NFL team to win their game and get $150 in free bets if they do. And check this out. Right now, everyone can earn up to a 100% boost with DraftKings stepped-up same-game parlays. Go to the DraftKings Sportsbook app, place a same-game parlay, and combine multiple bets like which team will Win player props, point totals, and more. The more legs you add, the bigger the boost, the bigger your shot to win big. My personal favorites are the anytime scores. You don't have to be a betting expert, and it doesn't matter the score of the game at the time, you've always got a shot. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now. Use code KCSN. Place a $5 bet on any NFL team to win their game and get $150 in free bets if they do only at DraftKings Sportsbook with code KCSN. Minimum age and eligibility restrictions apply. See show notes for details. All right, let's welcome on Nate Taylor from The Athletic to get his thoughts on the Chiefs' victory over the Denver Broncos last Sunday and to talk a little bit about what the team is facing this week as they get ready for the Houston Texans this Sunday. What's going on, Nate? How are things? How was the, the trip? the trip?
3: Uh, the trip was awesome. Um, weather was great. Uh, I got to hang out with uh, my former colleague, which is still kind of <laughs> weird to say, uh, Lindsey Jones, who's now with the Ringer. Mm. Um, but yeah, man, like, uh, you know, got the chance to go to a local brewery. That was cool. Um, had the ability to to kind of sleep in, kind of watch the early slate before <laughs> I made the short drive to to. Uh, I still call it Mile High. I, I think always. I, I think they should yeah. too. Um, you know, but, uh, but, you know, made the short drive to the stadium. Um, the one, the one funny thing, or I guess the one like stress that I put on myself, no one else did this for me was this is the first time in, you know, traveling to a sporting event for over 10 years now, right. Forgot to bring the charger to my laptop. So, uh. You don't didn't really knew, didn't really know that until I was already in my hotel room, kids. Uh, mm. <laughs> you, you start looking over stats and you start thinking about like, OK, what's the story going to be? Like, How should I, I prepare? Uh, it's not it's nothing like super duper elaborate, but it's just like, oh, I don't I'm on charge this thing. So thankfully, the the Broncos IT department really came through for me. Um, and I was able to, uh, do my job.
2: (laughs) (laughs) I was say, or you just ask the, if you know, do you always sit next to the same people or is it always rotate for you guys?
3: It is. It's mostly the same, you know, whether it's like, you know, Darren Smith from 810, whether it's Adam Teicher from ESPN, uh, you know, obviously I I love, Vahe Gregorian from the Kansas City star. Uh, you know, I sat next (laughs) to Herbie Teope from the Kansas City star. The, the, the fascinating thing is no one has my laptop. (laughs)
2: Ah, that was my my question so
3: (laughs) yeah so i have a i have a macbook pro uh this is mostly credit to holly my wife who is a uh came up through graphic design and so she she loves apple um as do i I, i've sort of uh, grown fond of them um it's a wonderful computer uh yeah the, the battery lasts for for hours so it wasn't like super duper stressful but it was just like how how am i gonna if something happens on a monday (laughs) how how am I gonna do this now I know there are some reporters and this might break like journalism you know the 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 fourth wall but like I know reporters (laughs) who have written news stories on their phones yeah not it's not fun guys it's not my I I would like to use all 10 of these not 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 two uh
2: my fingers are too fat couldn't do it I get too frustrated
3: yeah so um same here, man. So, you know, I got through it. Uh, I had a full charged battery after the game, and I was still able to write the story of the of that game. And then obviously yesterday, uh, more about just how do we view the defense uh, and its performance uh, yeah. for the athletic as well. So, yeah. So, look, you know, I got home, and there it was, right on the desk. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> That's
2: on, That's on it's, me. it's an added layer of stress. I don't think anybody that's never been in that position understands, mm-hmm. especially because you guys, I don't know if the athletic puts you guys kind of under the deadline, you know, under the gun as mm-hmm. you know, the newspapers do where they've got to get it to print, especially with some of the afternoon or later games where yes. you don't have a lot of time to write. I was like, when I was at the chiefs, I was always under the gun, but for different reasons and that I would try to get like my post game article up or like a couple of post game articles <laughs> up before the plane took off because yeah. the team Wi Fi was always kind of spotty. Mm-hmm. And so like after the game, like we do media and all of that. And then we'd hop on the bus and I would always judge like, yeah, I'd be sitting on the bus, like just typing as quickly as I could. We get on the plane and before it took off, I would have like my little hotspot and I would try to like mm-hmm. write as much as I possibly could. Cause I, for whatever reason put all this pressure, like I've got to get this up because if I don't, it's like three hours before like this story is gonna post. And like mm-hmm. I don't know why I was just like, I have to get this up, but yeah, uh, yeah, always racing against that. So I always like the the fields and the stadiums that there was a little bit of drive from the stadium to the airport. Oh, yeah. I need That's a little different. bit of I need some space here, I need some yeah. time. There's uh, one of them
3: because it's in it's in it's in western Kansas, guys. I mean, yeah. holy smokes.
2: The best – Arizona was the best because it was like a solid – it's kind of like Kansas City. Like it's a solid 45 minutes uh, to get there. So – and some of them were a lot closer. Uh, But, yeah, that was always my post-game stress of figuring that out. Now, nobody wants to hear about that post-game stress. Everybody wants to hear about their own post-game stress and how we uh, feel about it, and particularly how you feel about it having been there at this game. Uh, And so for the five burning questions, the first one I want to ask you, and I think it's kind of the – at least from our post-game show and what we've heard from fans. Um, I don't know if it's just the emotional side of it, but does this win and how it came about change your opinion on the ultimate goal of what the Chiefs could do in the playoffs? Because there have been some big statements made by and not just one or two fans. This was a, a, a nice chunk. Uh, I'm not going to say half, but a mm-hmm. large chunk of Chiefs fans feel like getting up 27, nothing. And then Broncos coming back was either PTSD of like the Bengals playoff game. <laughs> and like, this is going to happen again. And this, they're not good enough. And they're going to be one and done in the playoffs. I thought it would be done, but that's continued on uh, through Monday. It wasn't just a post-game feeling. So what are your thoughts on, does this, does that win or that game change your thoughts on what we could ultimately see from the Chiefs team?
3: Um, the reason why I'm here here. Ladies and gentlemen, is to give sound, sage, uh, caretaking perspective and knowledge. It's okay, guys, there's still four more bleeping weeks. It is everybody get on the they, couch, lay before down they, before they actually <laughs> play a real playoff game, or hey, maybe it's five weeks because they might have the one seed. Um, they are still one of the best teams in the nfl and everybody needs to acknowledge that despite them literally sleepwalking at times through that game or not having the same emotional intensity and focus that they had in the first quarter and much of the second quarter um I'm going to reveal something here that I think most people will uh, enjoy. It's more personal than anything, but, you know, I've been covering this team six years now. Uh, They've been to four, obviously they've hosted four AFC championship games. Like the standard could not be higher guys. I mean, we're living in the time where, you know, uh, this is the Yankees of the late nineties where it's just like, they need to go to the World Series. They have Derek Jeter. This is like, like it's all these similar things, but, yeah. In essence, it's like the fourth quarter. And like, I get texts from friends and family members, and sometimes I can see it in the moment. Sometimes I can't. Um, I always look at Holly's text, and Holly, this is a direct text message quote: "This is not a Super Bowl team," <laughs> and. I was like this is this is where we are. This is where everybody is. Is this a Super Bowl team? I think she sort of crystallized it and shortened it in a way that is digestible for everyone. And then it does make me consider it. But let me dismantle that. They are healthy. They they mm-hmm. left Sunday's game with no major injuries. They still have the best quarterback in the league. Uh the defense is a concern, but they're not they're still not the 2018 chiefs defense. So right. they are capable of improving. Even if you give them four to five more weeks, Um mm-hmm. they were up 27, nothing. Let's not forget that either. Right. And I don't know if there's really a team um that could make them be focused for all 60 minutes that slept on their regular season. Right. schedule.
1: They're human. So, Yes. Yes.
3: So (laughs) with that said, they have the they have the capability to make the Super Bowl. Will they? Um, That is a question that has, you know, legitimate doubts or concerns. But I think for fans, whether it's my own wife, whether it's people who have watched the team for generations, whether it's people that have come to understand that every season with a healthy Patrick Mahomes means we need to have success in the postseason. um, There's still four more weeks. And I just like to tell people that all the time because things will change. There might be injuries. This can ebb and flow differently. The, right. the thing that matters is can you win? Can you get through it healthy um, so that you're at your best version that you can possibly be in mid to late January? Yeah. But I'm okay with fans being concerned right now. But I also yeah. know the reality of the season's not over. They're not playing the, the Buffalo Bills next week. They're right. They, they still have. They still have ways to improve and time to improve. Um And so it's OK. It's OK to take a deep breath and say, you know, if we look back on this a month and a half from now. No one will remember this game.
2: Right. And. That's a great way of putting it, and I appreciate you laying us all on the couch and, and speaking to us in a way that will make us all feel better. Uh, my two things about this, and I'm going to try to be as concise as possible, because which is not always my strong suit. Uh, the reason why it doesn't – I will concede that coming into this season – The margin of error I thought the Chiefs had to win their games is smaller than I thought, meaning they're not as dominant as I thought, especially on the defensive side and on the offensive line. I thought they'd be better in those two areas. They are still every bit as good as every other team, if not better than every other team in the NFL, but they can't play slightly above average and beat the Buffalo Bills if right. the Buffalo Bills are playing at their best. The right. side of this that that Chiefs fans, I don't think necessarily think because they only think about the Chiefs is the Buffalo Bills also have their issues. The Cincinnati mm-hmm. Bengals also do have some issues. Chiefs haven't seen them because they haven't beat them, but they've been right there in every game. So these right. grand statements because they struggle a little bit letting the Broncos come back, has nothing to do with the three or four plays against the Bengals that they have to make in order to win those Mm -hmm. games. And so it's not, and I've said before, there's no boogeyman. There's no team out there that all of a sudden it's like, well, if they don't play their best, they're going to get boat raced. Like, no, that's not what's going to happen. And for the other side of it, as far as like living in the golden age of of Chiefs football. And I remind myself of this all the time. It's like in 15, 20 years from now, you know, Patrick Mahomes is retired. We're all going to be talking about living through the Patrick Mahomes era and watching the greatest quarterback to ever do it. I understand the sentiment of being really upset if it's like the Aaron Rodgers. Like you get one Super Bowl for a player who's going to be a first Ballot Hall of Fame quarterback. We're going to be talking and telling stories about this dude uh, to our grandkids forever. Yeah. I understand, like, being really frustrated, the only get one Super Bowl. What I'm not willing to do is be miserable and angry after wins throughout this golden age of Chiefs football. So in 20 years, when I look back and talk about this, being honest with myself, it's like I was angry the whole time because I was pissed they didn't blow out the Broncos by more. They didn't do this. They didn't do that. No, I just want to make sure and root for them to be in a position to make those five or six plays in the playoffs in the games that matter. And this team could absolutely do it, even though the margin of error is smaller than we thought coming into the season. Mm. Uh, the Bills have issues. Von Miller being out. Josh yeah. Allen is pretty much... All on him to go out and make plays every single week, yep. and then the Bengals. I just want to see those dudes again at Arrowhead. I, 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 I will have major FOMO of not being at that game, uh, especially if it's the AFC title game because we'll be out in Las Vegas covering the East-West Shrine Bowl. Uh, but that might be a game that I just figure out a way to get to because that would just be a whole lot of fun. All right, let's move on to the sec. Those it's my my let That's yes. me. Everybody on the couch. Let's enjoy this golden age so we don't think back in twenty years and remember that we were just upset and angry throughout the whole thing mm-hmm. um let's move on to the second burning question it's true though like we set this expectation um in this entitlement of like victories and part of it is stolen you know it's like stolen valor it's like stolen equity from players ability to go out and make plays it's like as a fan you talk so much trash to like your friends other, and people from other, other teams people. that when yeah. they lose, you take it personally. Like you're the one who's like then has to eat your words. It's like, well, just don't say those things then I like just enjoy it. All right. Number two, burning question. What was your top offensive takeaway from that performance on Sunday? You said it's, it's not going to be a game that you remember. So whether yep. it's not a performance or something, you remember like what's one thing that you can take from that game and hold on to throughout the rest of the regular season into the playoffs.
3: Um, I guess it's like a combination of two, but I think big picture wise, um, that was the first Juju Smith Schuster full on game yeah. since the Jaguars game where he obviously sustained a concussion. And it's 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 a known fact now. Everybody has their roles. We don't need to like you know, now it's about polishing, I think, on offense for the remainder of these four weeks, right? Yeah. I know exactly what to expect from this offense. And I want to take people back and then bring them to what we saw Sunday against Denver. The first thing is, Juju Smith Schuster really, really matters. The idea of him playing the most snaps at receiver, the player that Mahomes trusts at that position the most. Obviously, he's got the most experience from, you know, being in the postseason, understanding what it takes to win games in December and January. Well, okay, now we know. You know, uh, this goes back to our first conversations when we were at training camp. And I told you, like, hey, The one guy who has a real connection with Patrick is Juju Smith-Schuster. All this is to say is now it's about polishing and getting you to a place as to where they were. I believe BJ, it was week seven in San Francisco. That is the heights that they can go to. That is the most explosive Mm -hmm. version of the chiefs this season. They hung 44 points on The San Francisco 49ers, who have only gotten better on defense since that game. Yeah. But that game sort of proved to me this is the top of the top end that they can reach. Where Juju and Travis Kelsey are always the mismatches in the middle. McCole Hartman's speed makes the defense have to account in a certain way that now Patrick Mahomes has limited, you know, unlimited options, basically. Whether it's hey, running jet sweeps to McCole Hartman, um, having Juju work in the middle of the field, and then having just the ability to get as much yak as Travis Kelsey can, depending on where he gets the ball in certain situations. And guess what? Now MBS matters because now there's one-on-one chances to go deep. Um, yeah. It's hard It's hard for MBS to matter or to be at his best or his talent to be accentuated without Juju Smith-Schuster being healthy, uh, being a part of the fabric of this team's offensive game plan. Um, we know what to expect from Travis Kelsey, um, but there's four guys that really matter. It's Travis Kelsey, it's Juju Smith-Schuster, it's McCole Hardman, mm-hmm. and if those three guys are on the field, then hey, MVS go run all the nine routes, run all the posts you want, and we'll we'll throw up fifty-fifty balls and hope that you get them, or you got a step or two on the guy uh, from behind. Uh, if those four guys are uh, you know able to be functional are able to be, you know, in sync with the quarterback, they will be just fine in the postseason. Yeah. And I think that's what we learned because the Broncos have a pretty good defense. But yep. who's the guy working in the middle of the field? Who's the guy who's ad-living as a quarterback's ad-living on third and goal um for that, you know, game-winning touchdown, basically, uh late in the third quarter. It's is Juju. So um he went through obviously a dip to get back to, to where he was. Um, it's unfortunate when anybody sees is sort of impacted by a concussion, but this is the this is the nature of the sport. Um, but he's 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 just as valuable as Travis Kelsey. Um, if you want to be top in defenses like the Broncos, like the 49ers, and of course, what we all see down the road, which is potentially rematches with the Bills and the Bengals. So I think that's the one takeaway from this game. Um, because you know Mahomes is going to have the ball in his hands, and he needs as many viable options as possible. Now, of course, um, when they have five out, sometimes that's either Justin Watson or Jerick McKinnon, but we know who the four main characters are, and that fourth guy isn't as effective if the other three guys aren't on base. And what I mean by that is MVS is Joey Gallo, and it would help if (laughs) you know Travis Kelsey, Juju, and Michael Hartman are all on base so that the home run hitter, uh, his swing's mean a little bit more <laughs> instead of just these solo shots, um, you know, in that sort of football to, to, to baseball comparison.
2: Yeah, I think it – we talked about it going into the week that the offense will look a little different without Kadarius Tony, without McCole Hardman, without some of those jet sweeps and that those package of plays that we know Andy mm-hmm. Reid likes to mix in. And not that it makes this huge difference within the game plan, but it does give him another weapon. We talk about the game against the 49ers, and you go to the – because of Nick Bosa and the way that they yeah. use the jet sweeps and some of the horizontal action and movement. Uh, Andy Reid's been so good at and figuring out new ways and different ways to slow down premium edge rushers that's not just doubling them. Uh, there's might not be a better play caller and designer in the NFL in ways to trick and slow down mm-hmm. those guys. With, that's not just, okay, we're going to chip you every time. We're going to put a dude over here. They do right. so many different things, and they don't have that part of their playbook right now um without those guys and so that's been the most interesting thing for me is just the the development of the offense without some of those um package of plays that we know that he likes to run but other big takeaway obviously jarek mckinnon that they've got somebody out of Mm -hmm. the backfield that can provide a little bit of a spark uh and it seems like you know similar to justin watson and noah gray it feels like whenever those guys make catches it's a high leverage like big moment where it's like okay the defense is throwing their brackets they're doing everything they can to slow down travis kelsey or juju or whatever. It's like okay, somebody's always going to be open, and every time Justin Watson or Noah Gray or and outside of the the crazy play that we saw in the touchdown <laughs> pass to Jerry McKinnon, which is not in within the framework of the design of that play, um, oh, it should be um, <laughs> the, when they make those plays. Those are always examples of the mental acuity of Patrick Mahomes reading a defense and doing exactly what we talked about, and I know you and I talked about because we've been mm-hmm. around him. His mental ability to play that position and his understanding of defenses has never gotten enough credit. And every time he throws the Justin Watson or Noah Gray, uh, I always assume that it's Travis Kelsey first. (laughs) I'm like, oh, Travis Kelsey. And it's like, oh, it was Noah Gray. I've done it like probably six times this year, just assuming that it's Kelsey. Uh, And it's not. It's one of those guys.
3: One of the best things is you can start to see Noah Gray understanding leverage when the ball's in his hands that Travis Kelsey has been so excellent at. So you can start to see these things sort of translate over where it's like, oh, he made a man miss near the sideline? I've seen Kelsey do that, you know, for years. And now Noah Gray's picking up that little tidbit um, about, hey, using your leverage where you're on the field to the defender's disadvantage, even though he thinks he has an advantage once he's located you and the ball and his angle to you. Um, So that's been cool to watch. But, look, I I wrote about Jarrett McKinnon last week. Um, he is vital to the D to the offense in terms of the protection pans, in terms of being one of the best pass blockers at the running back position, despite being one of the smaller running backs in the league. Um, and uh, look, Andy Reid called him a dinosaur on Monday, which is (laughs) hilarious because, you know, year nine and, you know, he's unfortunately had the reputation of, you know, breaking down at certain points during the season. He's played all 13 games, so they're going to have to manage him over the next four weeks to make sure that he can be on the field for every every game so that he can help Mahomes as sort of being that outlet, as sort of being yeah. that, that additional pass protector like you're mentioning.
1: You're listening to the fastest-growing sports media network in Kansas City, KC Sports Network. We'll be back right after this. We're driven by the search for
0: better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed.
1: Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America NA, Member FDIC Entertain, educate, inform KC Sports Network.
2: All right, now it's time to talk about the question that everybody really wants to know, uh, which is why have the MVP odds
3: yeah.
2: changed? Yeah. Patrick Mahomes being the odds on favorite to after a game in which the Chiefs win on the road and Patrick Mahomes improves to 14-0 against the Broncos and 15-0 on the road against the AFC West, that now Jalen Hurts is the odds-on favorite to win the MVP. The stuff that really matters, the stuff that we should really be debating and arguing. Uh, I'll take this conversation over um, a former receiver saying that he didn't feel wanted in Kansas City because we are not going to talk about that. So you don't need to get prepared for that. I'm tired of of that conversation. Um. What are your thoughts on uh, Patrick Mahomes no longer being the favorite to win MVP?
3: Um, that it's understandable. You know, uh, I I would like to say something that Mina Kimes has sort of been, I guess, the uh, the evangelist for. Mm-hmm. But I guess Vegas doesn't really care, uh, which is fine. But Mina says, and I I wholeheartedly agree that. Team record is not a QB stat. Just because mm. you win isn't totally tied to the quarterback. Look at that roster, y'all. It is so good. And they're healthy, um, you know, by by and large, compared to, to some other teams. But, like, QB record doesn't really equate to, like, oh, well, that means he's the MVP because they've only lost one game. And it's like, I mean, he played well in the game they lost, but whatever, like... Part of it is they're going to get the one seed. Part of it is Mm -hmm. Patrick Mahomes doesn't have another game. That matters on the schedule. But Jalen Hurts does. The Eagles go to Dallas Mm. on Christmas Eve. Hallelujah. Mm. This game is going to be – I mean, everybody going to watch this game. Now –
2: Chiefs fans will be criticizing every incompletion. Yes. (laughs) Like, it's going to be – An interesting time for Chiefs fans on Twitter.
3: And you lead me right to where I'm going, BJ, which Mm -hmm. is we don't. Nobody wants to see a player fail. But if Michael Parsons happens to make (laughs) Jalen Hurts struggle, totally understandable. Uh, By the way, the Cowboys might need the game more because they're at home. They're trying to chase down uh, what any hope there is left of winning the division over the Eagles. So Jalen Hurts might struggle in that game. But if he plays well, it's a wrap because everybody will have seen it. Um, The quarterback stats will not matter. He will be on a team that at that time maybe only had one or two losses, and they wrapped up the division, and they wrapped up the one seed in the NFC. And look, Jalen Hurst has played very, very well this season. So it's understandable. Now, let's get to probably the facts. He will not throw as many yards as Patrick Mahomes. He will not throw probably as many touchdowns as Patrick Mahomes. His QBR will probably not be as high as Patrick Mahomes. His QB rating, probably not going to be as high as Patrick Mahomes. Uh, yes, he does not turn the ball over as much as Patrick Mahomes. He ain't dropping back as many times as Patrick Mahomes. And the stat to me that tells me what you said earlier about his mental, you know, like his just mental capability of understanding where everything is on the field, what is the responsibility, what is the and situation, Guys, this is the stat that really matters. We care about sacks probably too much, but it is a negative play. So I get it. The offense Mm -hmm. is actually going backwards, or you've kept them right at the line of scrimmage. Sometimes most of these sacks come on, got to have it, money downs, third down, fourth down. Patrick Mahomes has only been sacked 21 times this season. It is one of the most mind-boggling stats of the whole season. He's only been sacked 21 times. He's thrown the ball all the time. They like Ronald Jones didn't Ronald Jones didn't touch the field on Sunday because they kept throwing the football. <laughs> and this is to my point. He doesn't take sacks. Y'all
2: and he has the two and- tackles that have given up the most pressures yes. of any pair of tackles in the yes. NFL. Yes. Yes. yes, it's my it's, favorite thing to talk about with Trevor on Fridays because he's like, this doesn't make sense. He's getting pressured in the top boy. five number of times but sacked the least amount of times.
4: It's like, he's a magician. Boy.
3: Yes, and so when you don't get him, he gets you on some completion or some scramble or some, you know, hey, let me just stiff arm a, a defensive end before <laughs> I do a Magic Johnson no-look pass to Jared McKinnon. Like, the stats will not represent what Jalen Hurts has accomplished if he wins the MVP award. Yeah. I think, just me, I think Joe Burrow's playing better than Jalen Hurts is right now. But more responsibility has been put on Joe Burrow and Patrick Mahomes and Josh Allen more than Jalen Hurts. So QB win record is not a real stat to like – live and die on but from a narrative standpoint from a hey the Eagles have been the most dominant team throughout the season and the fact that like we didn't put Jalen Hurts in the top tier category before the season started all leads us to believe that Jalen Hurts will probably be the MVP which is why he is switched over to the odds are maker I don't even think it has to do with Patrick Mahomes interceptions on Sunday I, I really don't I just think it comes down to the idea of like looks at the calendar and realizes they only have one loss and then Hey, his stats on most seasons are very, very impressive. Just don't look at the other guy um, who whose team may also win the, the one seed in the AFC.
2: Yeah, I I think there's a way to contextualize it. I haven't figured out the best way to do it. I mean, obviously, Jalen Hurts had a good game. They went out and beat the, a good Giants team really well, and Patrick Mahomes did have three interceptions mm-hmm. uh, and that everybody was talking about with him. But, you know, how many quarterbacks around the league could you take and place on this Eagles team and they would be 12 and 1 right now?
3: About no, seven.
2: Or, Yeah. <laughs> about how, seven. Many, how many if quarterbacks they were you...
3: if they were healthy? If the quarterback was healthy yeah. with the same play calling system, with the same skill position, obviously their offensive yeah. line is better than the Chiefs offensive line, let's just say right. it's just a fact. Their um, defense
2: all of it. Like Yeah. It.
3: So I would I would yeah. give about 7 guys who could operate um or at least be comparable to what Jalen Hurts is doing, even though Jalen Hurts is... The ability of having his legs as a legitimate weapon um, and the number advantage it gives you from just a schematic standpoint, you know, maybe Josh Allen could do that to a certain degree. Um, yeah. But maybe Lamar Jackson. But mm-hmm. no, nah, man. Like, they're still throwing... Like, no one's really doubled AJ Brown because, again, schematically, you're asking for death. Because then it's like, well, then you have light boxes and Miles Sanders, and you know, um, it's it's why Lamar won the MVP award in 2019 because it was such a what do you do to to you know to to counteract this? But well, it was Marquee, yeah, I, it was
2: Hollywood Brown, and they've got Devontae mm-hmm. Smith. Like, there's. They're loaded. Like, yeah. and I get that. But yeah, I there's a number of quarterbacks that you could put on that team that I think that team would be just as dangerous as mm-hmm. they are. And that's taking nothing away from Jalen Hurts, a very good quarterback in a phenomenal situation, yeah. uh, surrounded by studs everywhere. I just don't think if you put, you know, other quarterbacks on this Chiefs team with the amount of pressures that Patrick Mahomes is getting at, where the defense is at right now, you're not gonna find another quarterback who's gonna get this team to 10 and three right now. That's um, what to me MVP means. Like To yeah. your point, it's not about quarterback wins. It's about how valuable are you to your team and are you the yes. best player yes. um, Which, which football?
3: Which I can make an argument. No one wants to hear this. Um,
2: then let's not talk about it. <laughs> I can make an argument
3: that, that actually Justin Jefferson is the MVP this season. Look at no. those stats. Look at, look at the way he is carrying a team with a negative point
2: difference. It's, it's funny. They bring that up. Cause I was thinking like Kirk cousins, the most average, like slightly above average quarterback mm-hmm. in the NFL. Like he's the example of you put Kirk cousins. And I know they're a very good football team, but Vikings yeah. also um, shouting out it. If you remember this reference and, Congratulations, but like the Pete Prisco calling the Chiefs the worst 9-0 and team in NFL history back in 2013. I'll just say the Vikings might be the worst 10-2 team in NFL history, <laughs> not to take anything away from Justin Jefferson. They have, given, ton-
3: yeah, they have given more points than they have scored this season. And Justin Jefferson had over 200 yards against the Detroit Lions in a loss. So uh, that game would have gotten way more out of hand um, if he was on the field and comparable yeah. to his teammates. He is way better than anybody else on the Vikings roster.
2: Yes. Although they do have some pieces. Adam Thielen, no, not no, what he no. was five no. years ago. Still very yes. good. Dalvin Cook can still play football. Yes. Uh, let's they just, let's move. It's just
3: not Justin Jefferson.
2: Yeah, <laughs> that's <just> not him. <laughs> exactly right. Uh, let's move on. Number four, four burning question. It's going to the other side of the football. What was your top defensive takeaway from that game on Sunday between the Chiefs and the Broncos? All right. This one's a little more loaded. I,
3: I know y'all, I know some of y'all buckle up, don't want to give Spax any credit. I know some of y'all are like, can we get anybody to call a play <laughs> um, <laughs> that can stop the other team? Uh, I think that my biggest takeaway is um, we kind of know the, the blueprint for the defense to succeed, um, even with the limited offense like the denver broncos um i asked the question on twitter bj are they gonna double jerry judy nope not gonna double him nope we're just gonna let these we're gonna let these young guys get you know experience in rudimentary football strategy and so uh let's let's have them get that down in the secondary so that we can do more advanced things i would assume in the playoffs uh they are trying to be as vanilla as possible to some extent um on the back end. Now the blitz is I don't know how effective those are gonna be as you move forward just because you're putting it more and more on tape. And look, teams have gotten better over the last couple of weeks about you know having six-man protections, seven-man protections, anticipating a blitz um so that they can get some one-on-one matchups downfield. But we now know um they're gonna need turnovers, and that's partly why they won Sunday, you know. Willie Gay's touchdown Chris Jones's you know uh pressure that led to the interception for the Jays need they're going to need to have the defensive line um be successful enough when they don't blitz so that's number two on the list you know when they got home to Russell Wilson sometimes it was just Chris Jones beating his man um you know Chris Jones on the last play for the Broncos beat a double team to generate pressure um so they're going to need the defensive line to be effective at times when Spagnolo can't blitz or shouldn't blitz. And then lastly, BJ, this has nothing to do with coaching. Hey, man, play that deep zone and rally to the football. Like, what are we tackle. doing? Tackle! tackle. <laughs> like, hey, guess what? Uh, you won't keep up explosive plays if you just tackle the man in front of you with the football. Now, I know we're simplifying that. But that's their job. That's what's required to help get the ball back to the offense because the offense is the unit that's supposed to lead this team, you know, back to the Super Bowl. The defense is supposed to be a supporting actor who gives a really good performance when called upon. When you're on the field, support the offense. And we've started to see now the special teams not terrible. So if we could just remove that from the equation where these special teams won't be terrible, then it's up to the supporting actor to help the lead actor um, put together a pretty, you know, a, a pretty nice dramatic uh, post-season run for this team, but they got to tackle BJ. And yeah. that's a little bit of want to, and that's technique. So, you know, I know they go through it throughout the season on how to form tackle like Steve Spagnuolo's not an idiot, but also you you gotta you gotta tackle properly. So play you know if you're gonna play that deep zone when you're up double digits, which is what you should do, so you don't give up explosive plays. You gotta tackle.
2: Yeah, part of it's just playing free too. I think at this point because you and I both know like the amount of times that they're in shells and then hitting in any kind of Mm -hmm. way severely diminishes like they're not going to make any contact with guys at this point in the season they're not going to work on you know tackling it's not like you're in high school you go out just do a bunch of Oklahoma or a bunch of like (laughs) (laughs) that's not what this is so it's want to and it's just being comfortable with what you're being asked to do and not be thinking too much and that's very much we talk about it with special teams or you know these positions of you know think free especially like wide receiver uh, in 80 reads offense and not thinking about what you're doing and just going out and and playing, Mm -hmm. uh, same thing happens on the defensive side. And I don't know if that's, what's going on, especially with the the two safeties, um, that haven't tackled great compared to what we thought coming into this season. Mm -hmm. Um, but it's definitely an area. If you're looking at that side of the ball on the defensive side, the takeaway, although they were better, uh, that's a group that I'm interested in watching down the stretch. These next four games is how does the the defensive secondary, particularly the safeties, how are they tackling? Uh, because you look at the teams that you're going to play in the playoffs. We're going to face the Bengals again, most likely, and they're going to have Joe Mixon, who, not that Samaj AP, Ryan didn't have a big game, but Joe Mixon a little bit more difficult uh, to mm-hmm. tackle, and then Josh Allen, like his running ability in those situations. Yeah. He, so he uh, he lo-
3: he looks for contact when he sees a DB out there. So yeah, you have you have to be prepared to tackle. You have to find your target and you have to hit it, you know. Um but yeah, that that's such a good point. The idea that um you know, they they wanted to get younger so that they could be better tacklers and yeah. for whatever reason that hasn't that hasn't that hasn't translated or hasn't been as effective as earlier this season when they were probably one of the better tackling defenses. That's yeah. why they were actually getting off the field despite not getting turnovers.
2: And that's the weird part is that we know physically they can do it. Like, it's not like, oh, these guys have been poor tacklers throughout their career. We've seen them be able to do it. It's just they're not doing it at a high level, and it's not easy. It's not like we're, you know, anyway, different discussion. (laughs) But let's move on to number five. Um, i not going to sit here and explain why the NFL is hard uh, to play in as somebody who's never It's very thought. hard. It's <laughs> extremely hard. <laughs> All right. Let's just leave it there. It's not yep. an easy thing to do. We physically know they can do it. They're just right. not. So they got to go right. out there and play better. There's no doubt about that. All right, let's move on to the fifth one. Pretty easy compared to the rest of these, but McCole Hardman, Kadarius, Tony, do we expect them to be back this week? And what expectations should Chiefs fans have if those two, uh, both, both get back on the field?
3: No, I was, I was wrong last week, BJ. Um, I really believed and felt that Kadarius Toney would get on the field. Mm-hmm. Um, they wanted to give him another week. I don't feel like it was a setback in any way. You know, one of my thoughts was, hey, if Kadarius Tony is on the field for 10 plays against the Broncos, great, because that's 10 more plays than he had before. Um, yeah. And so I think Tony needs to be on the field maybe more this week than McCole Hardman. You know, Andy will probably – you know, ease both guys back in. That's usually been his model so that um, you don't have a setback in your first return to action. Um, But yeah, I think, I think it's, unless something happens in practice this week, I think it's, I think it's fair to say that, yeah, you should expect both guys to be in uniform Um, that may, you know, switch some roles a little bit, but um, in terms of like, do you have an additional lineman, you know, in uniform for the game you know yeah. who's, who's doing what well on special teams do you want to put Kadarius Toney on special teams as the primary puppet turner or should that still be Justin Watson for another week? Um again so just so that you can ease Kadarius Tony in and limit his um his snap count to a certain degree. But yeah I think I think it's fair to say that both people will um will be available if everything goes well this week during practice. McCole Hartman did travel with the team to Denver uh, Kadarius mm-hmm. Tony did not um, so that's that's, you know, a, an added detail, you know, so he's back into the game operation is what I like to call for for Michael Hartman. Like, hey, you see the, you know, after drive adjustments, you've gone through the walkthrough, you've done the team meal, um, you know, he's he should be ready to go uh, based on what Andy Reid told us last week. And just I think he's very eager to play. He was one of the <laughs> in terms of the locker room, he was one of the happiest guys in the locker room. Because um, <laughs> he didn't play, the team won, and he's ready. He's ready to come back. Um, and it's just one of those things where, like, you almost want to like. I was talking to Trey Smith, who had an excellent game on Sunday. Mm. But out of mm. the corner of my eye, I, d- I do see McCole Hardman uh, chatting with some of the guys. I'm like, "Hey, McCole, hey, you just you want to talk on the record? You want to give your thoughts? You you, <laughs> you back next week? Um, you know?" But i was playing with I-
2: fire there, Nate. <laughs>
3: Obviously, I'm mm-hmm. a professional journalist and of the utmost integrity, and stayed with Trey Smith, who again mm-hmm. had an excellent day and wanted to get his perspective on a few things.
2: Nobody um, understands what we just were talking about, but you playing with fire there.
3: Just the eyes of, like, what are you doing? You know, which is, uh, which you is are funny. Not
2: allowed to speak to that human,
3: which is funny because it's like, you know, I have like these. Conversation with with Clark Hunt, and uh, I get the same looks, and it's like he owns the team. Like, what? Do, he's right here. Like, what do you? All
2: right, let's let's move let's move this conversation right along. It's uh,
3: it's uh, the headaches of 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 uh, of, of any job. It, it's great, but no, I think I think McColl will be back. I think Tony should be back. If I had to guess, they won't be on the field a ton but hey if they're up 27 to nothing again hey maybe you play them a little bit more it's a live scrimmage at that point um and and you see you see you know if they are you know fully back um with their with their first game action since since their injuries
1: you're listening to the fastest growing sports media network in kansas city kc sports network we'll be back right after this entertain, educate, inform KC sports network.
2: Those are the five burning questions, Nate, that we've got for you this week before we let you go. What are you working on? Um, obviously where can chiefs fans find your stuff and uh, what do you want to promote? What should chiefs fans be looking for?
3: Yeah. So it's almost playoff time, which means we um, am going to work on some stuff. That's going to be taking some time uh, in the hopper. Uh, I do want to get, um, I probably do want to write something this week if, 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 if it all comes together on Juju Smith-Schuster, much because of the things I said earlier about, like, his importance to the offense. And um, I, I, w- I would love to know his experience, you know, because he's had concussions before when right. he was with the Steelers. And um, I just want to get an understanding of what his experience has been this season because he was, he was trending towards having a very, very good season um and because of the injury statistically it won't look the same
2: um but he's, you know still can get over a thousand yards so he's it, yeah still, it's, yeah it's within still striking possible. distance yeah. yeah he's like what 200 and something yards he's like 800 yards yeah something like that so he's yeah.
3: he's you know and this is a contract year for him um and i know chiefs fans are interested you know he's he's said on the record before about the possibility of returning um but that's something you could sort of get an update on so i, I would you know, I'm hoping to talk to Juju this week um, because of the concussion protocols. He's sort of been uh, obviously trying to recover from that and get back into right. the swing of things. So he hasn't been really available to reporters a ton, but that's something that I'm looking forward to in terms of this week. Yeah. And then, um, you know, uh, there might be there might be something about a particular duo down the road.
2: OK. Mm -hmm. quite quite the tease quite Mm -hmm. the tease there bud i try we just need to give going back to juju let's just give him that extension right now let's just go ahead and, and pay him what he wants i don't even know if they can do that can they can you give can you sign a contract extension right now
3: i think you could um the team would not totally be in favor of that i know that sounds why weird for like maybe our listeners or fans but like um people in the front office would like to know what is the exact figure for the salary cap next year, which we do Mm. not know. Um, So when you, when you do a deal early of this nature, like I always remember, you know, this is a little bit goes back and there was a wild circumstance because when Kareem Hunt was released in, I think early December of 2018, They gave, after a couple games where he played well, they gave Damian Williams a contract extension um, that was like, you know, circumstantial and he was playing the running back position. So they tried to segment it out a little bit, um, Mm -hmm. but they gave him, I think, like a three-year deal that was really a two-year deal or something of that nature. Um, Like they all are. Yes, yeah. Five-year
2: deals or three-year deals, yes.
3: Yeah. So, and so they they did that, but I also remember at the time too that, like, um, Damien was at a position where he really was like, Oh, I can see this work now, the team Mm -hmm. can see it work, and I want to stay here. Um, because I have a chance to potentially not only just be featured in the postseason, but I have a chance to like start next season, and which was the case in 2019, and then they obviously won the Super Bowl. Um, for Juju, it might be a little bit different because. He has the chance at his position, a premier position, to earn more money, and you would like to know what the cap figures are on both sides, whether you are the player and the representative agent, or the you know coach, general manager, front office executive who has to figure out what the finances what the finances are for 2023, and then obviously you use those you use those money to then project what 2024 is, and then of course that brings in the whole um, new television deal and how that yeah. can be uh either smoothed out or it can balloon. Um I'm getting really deep into the weeds of this, but I hope you no, understand that, that that like as much as the team wants, like the team probably is like dying to give Juju a contract. But they right. also um this this front office has tried to be as diligent as possible in really understanding every figure, every dollar, how does this project out? Because of course the quarterback's on like you know a half a billion dollar deal. So you gotta <laughs> you gotta kind of know every little detail as best you can before you get to like the free agency period. And so you usually know these things like around Valentine's Day, like late yeah. February before the the before the new league year in, in mid-March. Um but they they have these 18 week seasons and now I looked it up the Super Bowl's on February 12th. So they're not gonna release this cap stuff until the Super Bowl's over. So yeah. you know it's a little trickier now than when it than what it used to be in a 17 week schedule. Um and the money's obviously gonna grow but, right. uh, yeah, I think everybody would like Juju to sign an extension, but, um, from a financial, uh, advisory standpoint, I would say let's, let's get all the, let's get all the facts, uh, and let's, uh, let's see how much of a cushion the team can have so that you can, uh, maximize your value.
2: Yeah. It, I just looked this up and we'll, we'll end the show here with this because I was curious because one mm-hmm. thing that could be tricky with the Juju and, uh, you know, it's not him, it's his agent. They're going to try to get the most money for him as possible for a player mm-hmm. that's been in the league as long as he has. Who I would say that he's been this all pro every year because he only had like one season where he's had one over a season. thousand yards, but he's been a very good, solid player. Yes. Six years in the league, he's only made like $15 million total. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Like that's half a season. That's eight games of Tyreek Hill <laughs> this year. <laughs> like this premier position.
3: Was, like, <laughs> <laughs> premier position.
2: For a player who is 26 years old, like he's looking for that three, four-year, five-year, maybe a five-year deal. It's actually a three-year deal, however they want to do that. But he's mm-hmm. looking to get paid and deserves to get paid and should get paid. But yeah, it might not be the easiest deal in the negotiator just because yeah, his rookie deal, four years, $4.195 million. Uh, and then 2021 signed that one-year $8 million deal uh, mm-hmm. with the Steelers. And then his deal with the Chiefs is one-year 3.76 million it's always getting paid right now so he's going to be looking at a su- substantial raise mm-hmm. he took a, like, he,
3: he took a bargain already chiefs fans
2: kind of like nate taylor should enough. get from the athletic we're looking at that <laughs> kind of, we're looking at that kind of glow up <laughs> on the old paycheck
3: The uh, but but you're right i mean let's just walk into let's just walk into juju's office you're 26 is that right yeah so if you if we ask for a five-year deal, that's a three-year deal. If something were to happen, you'd be 29. Yep. Guess what? Guess what? 29-year-olds make even more money than they made when they were 26, regardless of the situation, as long as you are a functional, healthy football player. Which again, yep. the sport, very violent, very hard on your body. But that is probably in line with what I'm imagining are being discussed at the moment or yeah. not at the moment but just are straight- going to be discussed you know january
2: january <laughs> february or just, or just a straight 3 year deal like which should start to have just 3 year make it fully guaranteed and then just be done with all the crap like i know that that's not going to happen and for many different reasons but mm-hmm. just lock it in and pay him mm-hmm. because and we talk about it. The three receivers under contract that are playing for the Chiefs beyond this year: mm-hmm. MVS, yep. Sky Moore, mm-hmm. Kadarius Tony. Both on rookie. That's team. the list. And before you get in the comments and tell me that Justin Ross should count, <laughs> solid player, very exciting. Not gonna be, not gonna, not sign Juju because of Justin Ross. Like, let's was, be fair here. Who's
3: unfortunately um, never played an NFL snap. Because right the sport is hard on your body.
2: I got attacked last time I brought that up. Like you're forgetting Justin Ross. How could you forget him? He's going to be a stud. I'm like, he could very well no be a stud. He's not going to change the plans for extending guys that are going yeah. out and picking up a thousand yards on the actual field. Like
3: no, you yeah, need no those guys. No one no one's forgotten about Justin Ross. It's just his his road is similar. It's it might be similar to what Jody Fortson went through, right? For a little bit of a yeah. different reason, but like that's gonna take like you're gonna have to invest real time. And yeah. Justin Ross. Whereas right now, again, to carry over from one season to the next, yeah, it, it makes sense for Juju to, get... to, to be the to be one of the higher um uh, targets in retention retention in free agency.
2: Yeah. You get those three, you re-sign Juju, you re-sign Justin Watson, because <laughs> he's just making plays so uh good. in a good in a good situation if he's Great. your fit fourth, fifth receiver. With those other guys and the different skill sets. You're great. setting then draft a guy in the mid-rounds mm-hmm. and have them compete with Justin Ross to make a practice squad, make the roster. Like, Yeah. Setting up well, even though it seems pretty light right now. You just got to get just, the juju deal done.
3: Justin Watson, great locker room guy. Just really? elite locker room guy.
2: Western PA. I'm sure the GM. Mm-hmm. I know the GM likes him. I've told mm-hmm. that story before. I mm-hmm. sat at the Senior Bowl with Brett. And his staff and then for a while i just sat with brett up in the stands instead of doing like a behind the scenes story from the senior bowl and he would not shut up about justin watson the entire Gray time so, we signed him this off season i was like he finally got a text him, i was like you finally got your guy he's like it only took four years so <laughs> <laughs> hey, that's, from-
3: that's again this 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 front office uh their their best quality is diligence diligence yeah. and and uh not Not really forgetting anything, so Even when we, you know, even when we put that waiver claim in, you just know, hey, two years down the road, hey, we put that waiver claim in, baby. We was was here,
2: we were saying other people weren't. We're gonna sit here and talk for another like 30 (laughs) minutes if this keeps up because you keep saying things and it reminds me of funny situations. Uh, top three funniest moment of the season, like low key, was Eno Benjamin question during the presser, where Andy Reid's like, I don't know anything about that. Like, oh, yeah, (laughs) we put a waiver claim on a running back for your offense and you didn't know. Color me skeptical. Nate. Color me a little skeptical. <laughs> Maybe you can't talk about him because he's on another roster. Probably would have been a better yeah, way of answering yeah, it. Yeah. Probably would have been better. Like I can't talk about uh, him. He's on another I mean, team. Uh, who,
3: who? Who is it? No.
2: I'm but just gonna two, talk about the guys on our roster. Like, okay.
3: But in two years, if he's available, I'm just saying. Put that <laughs> claim in for you.
2: Yeah. No, man. Good stuff. As always appreciate you. That's Nate Taylor from the athletic joining us here on KCS and update. We appreciate all of you for hanging out with are watching on YouTube. And if you are, please hit that like, and subscribe, go ahead and turn those notifications on because we have plenty more content coming for you over the next well, the next week, we got plenty of content anyway. You got about 15 to 18 <laughs> chief shows a week, depending upon the week. But uh, we'll have the breakdown coming up with Matt Castle and Matt Hamilton tomorrow. We've got one on one with Mike DeVito and Jeff Allen. Always got good stuff. Last week, they had Mark Schlereth on, which was a phenomenal interview. It was just great stuff from Mike and Jeff on that show. So, uh, a lot of good stuff to keep you updated, entertained, informed, educated, all those good things. Uh, we appreciate your support. If you're following us on your favorite podcast platform, go ahead and search KCSN. You can find all of our other shows covering all the two professional soccer teams for Kansas city, the Royals, KU, K state, Mizzou. We've got it all covered and we appreciate you for supporting us and what we got going on here at KC sports network until next time. Have a great time.
1: Be good to each other. We'll see y'all later.